Having taken LA Metro Transit, the idea that a bus would ever hit 50 miles an hour to begin with is hilarious. Yeah, I don't think this plan would work because it would never get triggered in the first place these days. (laughs) Set it for like, I don't know, 12 miles an hour. Hello, Mission Recall listeners. I'm one of your hosts, Oriana Schwint. I'm also one of your hosts, Steve Parkers. Do we have a third this week? Nope. We do not. <laughs> but what we do have is our second Yondabont banger of a movie. We're talking 1994's Speed. 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 Uh, directed by Yondabont and written by my good friend, Graham Yost. <laughs> Would, would we say good friend? Graham, Graham Yost is not my friend. Um, but I, I hate him. No, he's, a, he's actually like a genuinely lovely guy. Um, but I have interviewed him a whole bunch of times. I used to cover Justified when I worked at TV Guide. Uh, and he's just a, a nice dude. And uh, he's a good writer. He's and a very good writer. Yeah, this is a great movie. So yeah, we're back with another movie that kind of... One of the ones that inspired this podcast. Mm-hmm. Personally speaking, I remember watching this movie dozens of times. We had it on VHS when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just heavy rotation in the in the old VCR on our old 27-inch <laughs> uh, uh, Zenith Ooh. television. But even with that being said, going back and watching it again with fresh eyes, it had been years since I'd seen yeah. it. Amazing. It holds up better than even most of the other movies yeah. uh, that we've seen that we love. There is, at some point, we'll have to like talk about the sort of the, the real pantheon of 90s action movies, because there are some that we'll talk about that like are very good or we like them a lot. We are fond of them. But the, there is a pantheon of, I don't know, either five to ten movies that are just like actual classics. Um, and this is this is up there. It was funny because I genuinely don't think I had ever seen this movie in one sitting like, I feel like I, I, it was in heavy rotation on cable. I don't think I had ever actually seen the opening of this movie. I do not remember the opening credits. This has strong Saturday afternoon on TBS yep. kind of vibes or TNT. TNT or, yeah, TNT. TNT or AMC. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I were to catch this on, I guess, Pluto TV now, <laughs> I feel like I'd just watch it. I feel like it's on. I feel like I saw it on there or something. But yeah, definitely like... I. It's you just it, when it's there, you you're watch. there. You're watching. Like, yeah, it's strong Pluto TV vibes for speed. Shout out to Pluto TV. Incidentally, it's fun. It's a good little. It's free. That's I think the best part. And you don't have to sign. There, you don't have to create have, an account. Not even like a Google or Facebook like sign in thing or anything. You don't have to do anything. You just download the app. It's nice. Probably won't last very long. It's owned by Paramount, so I feel like that's going <laughs> to vanish at any point. But uh, I digress. What is speed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a little recap. I mean, I have to believe literally everybody knows right. what speed is about. But if you don't, for some weird reason, it's about a bus that can't go under 50 miles an hour or it'll blow up. Why? Because it's got a bomb on it. Who put the bomb there? Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper put the bomb there. <laughs> 
Uh, and LAPD cop Keanu Reeves, who has a, another name, Jack Travern, but he's Keanu Reeves. Travern. Travin? Tra- Travin. Travin. Jack Travin. Very weird. Yeah. So he has to outsmart uh, Dennis Hopper and save everybody, all the commuters on the bus, and save his love interest, potentially, Sandra Bullock, who is driving the bus after the bus driver gets shot immediately. Yeah, that uh, guy's having a rough day. Yeah, well, better than some of them, though. That's true. Better than poor Beth. Beth Grant. Beth Grant. Oh. She gets run over by the Like, bus. legendary character actress uh, Beth Grant is so good. You know, she's great in everything. It's wonderful to see her pop up here. Uh, if you don't know her by name, just know her by uh, this line. Sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. It's... Oh. From Donnie Darko, wow. 2001. That doesn't make the cut. It's too late. That came out in 2001, but... Then that's for the... It is a very post-millennial, post-Y2K sort of movie. Yeah, so. it's not really a 90s action movie. But anyway, Beth Grant's great. This movie has a lot, as a lot of these movies have had. This movie has a lot of ringers. Just yeah. people popping up like Alan Ruck Alan is Ruck. There, bringing the ruckus. <laughs> I... I hope that someday we get to meet him and just go, hey, the ruckus, raising a ruckus Mm. and have him immediately just like throw a drink in both of our faces. (laughs) So, yeah, that's basically the general gist of it. I feel like we don't have to go through like plot points on this because uh, but there is it is funny because the movie does not start with the bus. And that's what like I forgot or maybe never watched the elevator sequence that starts this whole movie which and it takes up a good like 20 minutes of yeah. the film it's basically the first act it is yeah uh and it yeah like you said it starts uh in this high rise in downtown la in an elevator that has been sabotaged it's been rigged with bombs by dennis hopper who is a disgruntled former cop who is trying to basically get ransom money he is foiled by jeff daniels and keanu reeves as two lapd cops who save the day rescue everyone from the elevator and And it seems like he blows himself up in the parking garage. It seems like it's all over and they get awards, which are on TV for some reason. Yeah, I guess KTLA is running. (laughs) Uh, So they get awarded. Everyone's happy. It seems like, oh, that all wrapped up nicely. A good half hour show. Uh, But then we get into the meat of it. And uh, it turns out that Keanu Reeves lives in Santa Santa Monica, Monica, which maybe that was doable back then. I don't know. Right. It does look very different from how Santa Monica looks now. Yeah. Uh, it seems like an actual place where actual people lived, whereas now it's just... Freaks and perverts. Freaks, perverts, tourists. So a bus blows up in downtown Santa Monica, and then a phone rings, and Keanu answers, and oh my god, the ransom uh, terrorist guy, Dennis Hopper, says there's a bomb on a bus, and... The only way to defuse it is to pay him by 11 a.m. So off Keanu goes, he hops on the bus, he finds it on the freeway, and I don't know, hijinks ensue? Yeah, we're we're off to the races, yeah. basically. Sandy Bullock is, is our good friend Sandy. Our good friend Sandy, yeah. <laughs> Sandy Bullock is, the dri- is driving the bus after the bus driver gets shot. In Accidentally. A, accident- yeah, it's a very weird kind of thing. Um, and she she does a pretty good job. I think 
Um, and it is very funny, you know, having taken L.A. metro transit, the idea that a bus would ever hit 50 miles an hour to begin with is hilarious. Yeah, I don't think this plan would work because it would never get triggered in the first place these days. <laughs> set it for like, I don't know, 12 miles right? an hour. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, you, you, now you're cooking with oil, but like 50, <laughs> like, come on, man. So you mentioned something uh, kind of at the start of this movie about how the two movies kind of about L.A. that we've watched so far have rather interestingly been about public transit in L.A., which is not really a thing. Like, it is a thing. Right? When you think of L.A., do you think of its robust public transit system? <laughs> I certainly don't. Do Me you? Me neither. <laughs> I don't think any of our listeners do either. It is funny to me. And I think that the reason they have to do that is because how else do you get large groups of people around a city? You need more than just one person in a car. So that's not, that doesn't make for a very good movie. But with a bus full of people, you can have stakes, stakes, personalities. personalities. It's a whole little ecosystem Mm -hmm. on its own. This whole little community that springs up amidst the trauma and drama so much drama like what's interesting is this is sort of a a 90s retelling of the taking of pelham one two three if it was in la instead of new york yeah because taking of pelham one two three they're basically motionless the entire time they do there is some driving towards the end but for the most part they're just sitting sitting there there. which feels correct for 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 new New york York. Uh, for the MTA. And uh, I wonder if, if Graham saw Pelham hmm. and was like, or, you know, because that the taking of Pelham 123 is an incredible movie. It's so good. I, I am talking about the Walter Matthau one. Yeah, not the Denzel one, which I actually never saw. I haven't Maybe seen it. So fine. I'm not going to I'm not going to ding it or anything. But it is just a wonderful classic movie. Like it really gets New York so perfectly. The mayor. I'm kind of surprised they didn't bring the mayor in. I, I guess because there's like it's different cities yeah. that the action goes through. Santa Monica is its own city. That's um, true. L.A. has its own government. But yeah, it's a it is a, a movie that fits the city in spite of the fact that it's about public transit. Otherwise, like. <laughs> It all takes place on the highway and the airport, and that is basically where you spend your fucking time in this garbage town. (laughs) And it is, it's so funny because I hate the highways, I hate that they were built, I hate that we are completely dependent on them in L.A. County, but they do look gorgeous. You know, you get these gorgeous helicopter shots uh, of the interchanges, which if you're on the interchange, you wish you were dead, but from above, they look beautiful you wish the bus would blow up (laughs) so that actually i think is a good segue to kind of go on a a little bit of a tangent here about yandabant and just the filming of this movie oh my god because it's something i took for granted as a kid obviously but watching it again and seeing how what they were able to pull off and the shots that they got and the fact that no single shot in this movie has aged poorly no it all looks fantastic. Yeah. It all looks photoreal. CGI was starting to happen in, mm-hmm. in this era. This was a year after Jurassic Park, a couple of years after Terminator 2. Like, it was a thing, and this was a big budget movie. But yeah. 
if there is CGI, it is incredibly effective and very subtle. Yeah, it's a sweetener at most. It's a sweetener at most. Like it is almost all practical. It all certainly looks practical. Yeah, maybe one of the most technically proficient films like it's cinema yeah it is yeah it is proper truly. cinema i don't know how they did it yeah there's a lot of shots in there where you're like even if these vehicles because there's just shitloads of vehicles on roads you know they're probably only moving 20 miles an hour yeah you know but that is fast i don't know i did not fully grasp how fast even 20 miles an hour was until i was on a boat <laughs> i was on a boat uh and we were going like 25 miles an hour. I was like, ah! Just screaming <laughs> Just the whole screaming. Time. You can get really fucked up at that sure. speed. And yet they have, the stunt team was very large, but there are these incredible shots where it re- they do a really good job of making it look like the actors are like going between a bus and a, like an airport shuttle. Like... The, the airport shuttle, the flatbed truck that oh my God, they use yeah. at one point on the highway where it's all these guys standing on this open air flatbed truck. And you it's can, the actors. It's the actors. You can see their faces. Obviously, of course, lots of stunt people were used, but there was no point where you look and like, oh, that's not Keanu. That's Obviously, some guy. Yeah. And I'm sure there were plenty of those. But I think Keanu also did a fair number of his own stunts Mm -hmm. because there's some that you just can't fake. It is Mm -hmm. his face. Yeah. It all looks so good. It looks amazing. The lenses that they used, because like, I don't know how you shoot this without just shakiness and just wobbly and all over the place because it looks like they're using fairly long lenses Mm -hmm. and long lenses are harder to control when you just got to get a shot any disturbance is gonna just any disturbance you can feel in the lens so the way to counteract that is to have a very heavy rig where you're not getting as much movement in the camera mm-hmm. or to have some kind of steady cam rig that removes a lot of those bumps because they're driving down highways right? they're hitting potholes and bumps and whatever i don't know what kind of rigs they had for this but genuinely impressive and that's kind of another segue into yandaban himself because he only directed five movies at least in america yeah and he did this and twister which were mm-hmm. kind of the two bangers and then there's a pretty steep fall off where he does uh the laura croft sequel the mm. haunting and speed 2 which is unfortunate <laughs> What's interesting, though, is that he spent most of his career as a cinematographer. Mm -hmm. And this is no shade to the cinematographer of Speed, who obviously did incredible work. And I'm going to butcher his name. It's Andre Bartkowiak. Bartkowiak. Andre has also done a bunch of films as a cinematographer as well but Jan de Bont did like the hunt for red october and mm-hmm. flatliners and die hard yeah. like he did uh not to mention a bunch of other movies overseas and i think it shows in speed like it shows that these are two technicians working together yeah. to get the shots that they need mm-hmm. and to know exactly what their equipment is capable of capturing Mm -hmm. because this movie should have been a disaster. It should have been a nightmare. There should have been all sorts of deaths. (laughs) Right? Like five people at least should have died in the filming of the... I mean, no no one should die on the set of a movie. It's a fucking movie. But the stunts alone, all of the driving, it's, it's wild. And what's really fascinating too is you have someone like Jan de Bont and his cinematographer doing this work at this moment in time and you could only do these stunts these like these insane driving stunts and freeway 
stuff on a freeway that is yet to be finished, which is what they had to do. But like, there's no way you could just shut down a freeway in LA today. You just couldn't do it. And even in the 90s, like LA still had, you know, nine or 10 million people at the time. So you couldn't just shut down an entire freeway. So how did they do this? You, the viewer, are asking. (laughs) Well, they shot on a highway that had yet to be finished, uh, the 105. Yeah. They basically helped pay for the highway to be built uh, in exchange for being allowed to use it, which is fascinating. So, so interesting. So Speed really, truly, in every sense of the word, is a film of its time where they could not have done it once the highway was finished and open and they couldn't have done it before the highway existed because where would you do it where would you do this i was reminded of the matrix reloaded which has that big highway chase scene oh right and the only way they were able to accomplish that was two ways they built a highway on an old airfield outside of san francisco and they used a lot of special effects Mm -hmm. because they had the budget and the technology by 2001 2002 when they were filming that they had finally been able to develop the technology to have a scene like that because they did look into filming in other places on actual highways and just never found anything that worked yeah and speed you could not have done that like the tech was not there yet the cgi was not there yet it would have looked awful Mm -hmm. Uh, it would have looked sort of like spawn (laughs) looks now i can't think of another way that this movie could have been made without waiting another 10 or 15 years for the cgi to catch up i don't love the matrix sequels i feel like people have been trying to say that they're really good and they have some really good stuff i think the chase scene in the matrix reloaded is one of the better parts of that movie but even saying that the cgi in in certain parts doesn't look great no and Uh, more to come on that because this is sort of kicking off a bit of a keanu corner (laughs) with a k yeah 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 yeah, obviously we're doing keanu corner in anticipation of the matrix 4 which will be coming out soon so we're going to do speed and then we're going to do the matrix which does hold up It's funny, Keanu, I feel like, hadn't quite come into his own in Speed. No, not. There's a few moments where I'm like, was that the best take? (laughs) And if you I love Keanu. I think he's great. Well, what's funny is, like, we all love Keanu now. Everybody's on the Keanu. Except my mom, apparently. I mean, that's your mom. But there was a time in the 90s, I remember my parents kind of making fun of Keanu a lot. And that was pretty commonplace to be like, oh, he's this sort of dipshit who can't act very well. He just has one expression. All his line readings are like, duh. And that was sort of his brand. Like he started with Bill and Ted, or at least that was his big breakout. And then transitioned into action with like Point Break. Speed was like, a really big hit for Mm -hmm. him i do feel like he didn't really discover himself until the matrix when he really understood who he was and what his presence was strengths too yeah Yeah. this this movie definitely plays to a lot of his strengths but there are certain moments where he's not quite there he's not fully baked yet (laughs) like it's so great to see sandy and keanu like just so watchable these people are just you just want to watch them all the time like Sandra Bullock is simply magnetic yeah Sandra Bullock 
this was also sort of her big breakout. She'd done stuff before this, but this was the one where she like really blew up. And you can see why, man. What a watchable face. Her face. Her face. It's so good. (laughs) So watchable. And it goes beyond just like, obviously she's very attractive. Well, sure. But it's so much more than that. Like she's just fun to look at. Mm -hmm. Like you want to see what her deal is when she's upset when she's happy like when she's really stressed out and freaking out that she thinks she ran over a baby baby. amazing she sells it so well she's great Uh, and that's the thing is like everyone's kind of acting around Keanu here Mm -hmm. including Jeff Daniels obviously Dennis Hopper is just chewing the fucking my goodness Dennis Hopper's choices are fascinating to me in this movie (laughs) he's got like this sort of quick jerky motion that he does when he's like turning and looking yeah. around it really is fascinating it's like a cornered owl <laughs> like yeah like an owl meets a badger yeah or he is a a cop but an atlanta cop uh or he was and lives in la now but i swear to god he's doing something approaching a chicago accent it you I, I, it sounds like he's gonna go duh bears at any point you're right i had never picked up on that but it is sort of a weird midwest chicago i'm not sure why they didn't just make him a chicago an ex-chicago cop right that, that would have been, been fine that would have been fine why atlanta exactly it feels uh, like they just drew a name of city just like ah, oh, we got a uh, atlanta atlanta because uh, you couldn't make him lapd they'd find him out too easily i guess mm-hmm. but uh yeah, it's an interesting choice, but super fun to watch. Yeah. Just hamming it up, enjoying himself, clearly. And then everyone else. Jeff Daniels uh, is kind of a drunk scumbag a little yeah. bit. But like, there's a nice camaraderie between him and Keanu. They sell it well. They do. And so many hey, it's that guy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Morton, uh, who was having a hell of a run in the 90s between this, Terminator 2, uh, just a bunch of other stuff. Patrick Fischler. If you don't know his name, you know him by his eyebrows. He was in Mulholland Drive. He was in Mad Men. He's in that very famous gif of when uh, the guy in Mulholland Drive walks around the corner of the wall and it scares him and he faints. (laughs) It's that guy. Also, Glenn Plummer, who I just want to shout out because he was Timmy on ER and I've loved him on ER, uh, especially those early seasons, which came out right around the time of Speed. So like he was having quite a little career for himself there. there. He's the guy who has his car commandeered by Keanu when he's trying to get on the bus. Sort of there is like comic relief, basically. Really gets his car wrecked. Yeah. Again, more incredible stunts just in that sequence. Like this movie is, is insane. There are so many huge set pieces. That's the, it is just oops all set pieces and it the the energy reminds me of Mad Max Fury Road where it is just this constant like go 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 from like minute 2 basically. There's just- really no downtime. You'll get a maybe 30 seconds to a minute of everyone kind of breathing after some big set pieces mm-hmm. just happened and then oops, some other crazy shit's about to happen. And that brings us to the scene we all remember, we all know and love when they jump the highway. Oh my god. So, fun backstory here. <laughs> the first time I watched this movie at home on 
VHS, I remember my dad paused the movie Mm. just as the scene was happening, Mm. got up and explained to my sister and I why the physics don't work and how this is not actually possible and the bus would not have made that jump. And I regret to announce that, yes, he is correct. He is correct. But also what's hilarious to me is that children could see that. Like, I don't think you and your sister... We're going, oh, yeah, this could happen. Because if I ever find myself in this situation, I'll simply <laughs> jump the highway. Right? The section of highway that is missing, there's no ramp or anything. It's just, I don't even know how that was possible that they did that. Like, that's not how you, is that how you build a highway? <laughs> like, I mean, I think it is. I think they, my guess is what happened is they saw that the highway bridge hadn't been finished yet. And we're like, oh, shit, let's do some crazy jump. We need like the big sort of midpoint of the film set piece. And it sounds good when you first think of it like, oh, that'd be super cool. It it is. And it is pretty cool. But it is like watching it again. Like, yeah, dad, I get it. This wouldn't really work. You look at it and you're like, yeah, that bus would plummet to the ground immediately. immediately. It would just go right over. It's only going like 65 miles an hour. You know, the angle of approach, it's like lower than the other side of the chasm. Yep. And like you said, there's no kind of jump of any kind. There's no ramp. There's no ramp. And like what's interesting to me is that this was probably just a production thing. But from a writing standpoint, that is a fairly easy problem to solve, which is that like you just have the Keanu and the cops realize a little bit earlier that you're going to have to do this jump. It doesn't even have to be that much earlier, but just enough time for like four cop cars to like screech out in front and line themselves up in front of the precipice. And then you take one of the cranes that's building the thing and you just drop like a concrete slab onto him to create a makeshift ramp and like that's not a perfect solution but it is an attempt yeah i mean it probably would have all just shattered and broken and blown up yeah the angle would have been incorrect or something but like i agree with you that that could have been an easy fix but also that might have invited too much scrutiny whereas the way it happens in the movie it all goes by quickly enough fairly quickly that it's only after it's happened that you're kind of like Wait a second. Hold on. Wait. That why were the work. buses the buses back was like lower, lower than and the then front. it lands and, and it doesn't but it doesn't matter. This is not cinema sins like right. you know, we're along for the ride. Literally. Quite literally. And I also don't want it to sound like this is a big criticism of that no. scene, of that sequence, because fuck it, man. It's a lot of fun and they build up the tension and the stakes and it's just it's a movie thrilling. that's just constantly building and it's building. It's so thrilling to have that moment of triumph. And the the structure of this movie is is very good. I love the moment of victory, which is getting the original bus driver off the bus and into the arms of the cops who can give him medical treatment. Like, yay. You know, we have this incredible, like jolt of like yeah we did it we did like a cool thing like uh you know success and then beth grant decides to fucking beth grant you know mess it all up 
by trying to get off the bus and then Dennis Hopper blows blows her up and you have this moment of intense tragedy immediately following and like that's a nice move. It's a good back and forth. It keeps you engaged the whole time. It's a two hour movie and for the most part, and we'll get into the yeah. our little criticism shortly, but for the most part, it just keeps you on the edge of your seat. The secondary joy for me this time was just looking at some of these shots it is incredible. That they pull off. Like there's a shot when they first get to LAX where the bus crosses in the foreground as a 747 takes off in the background. And I don't know how the hell they pulled that off. I don't know how many attempts they made to do it, but right? it looks so good. Were they in contact with the air traffic control? Like How much of this was actually shot near LAX? Like was there another runway or something where that they were able to use? Yeah. Because it, there's a lot of airplanes in the background. They sure are, yeah. It would be funny if it was like Burbank or something. I don't think that was Burbank. (laughs) (laughs) Having just been there, that didn't look like Burbank. At the end of the bus sequence, it runs into a plane and blows up after everyone's gotten off and and are safe and the explosion looks amazing it's so good i'm assuming they used a miniature it, ha- miniatures. it has to right? i can't imagine they blew up an actual cargo jet but it's a huge explosion so i don't Crazy. know they might have it might but you know i thought the dante's peak rushing of the water mm. and and everything i thought that was real and that was it, a very large miniature. So maybe this was... We kind of talked about this in the Dante's Peak episode, but I just can't help but continue to lament. Like, speed still looks amazing. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that has aged poorly in, in terms of how it was shot. And there's just, like, no movies or very vanishingly few movies you can say that about. Dante's Peak is another one where there are very, very few shots that mm-hmm. don't look amazing. And it's because so much of it was done practically and like god damn it what a lost art <laughs> or an art that we are losing losing there is time to save it like there are some people who are who still have the institutional knowledge that can pass it on they're probably dying yeah, like they're, they're probably old. old and we gotta just capture that knowledge while while we can and i would love to have that put back into use i think the most tragic recent <laughs> story is the thing remake with Mary Elizabeth Winstead from like 2011, 2012, where... It's a remake of, obviously, the John Carpenter movie, which is in and of itself a remake, but I digress. (laughs) They built practical creature effects for the Thing remake Mm. for the 2011 version. And then the studio decided to replace all of that with CGI. Fuck. And it looks bad. Yeah. It looks shitty. And no one remembers that movie. That's I genuinely did not. This is the first I'm hearing of it. (laughs) Exactly. And I still rewatch the thing like once or twice a year, the Carpenter one, and it's one of my favorite films. And it looks amazing to this day, even though it's from like 1980, 81, somewhere around mm. there. And I do not rewatch the 2011 The Thing. Well, sure. And like Speed, having just rewatched it, like I'll rewatch it again someday. Yeah. I actually just bought it on Blu-ray. It's, oh, good. It hasn't gotten here yet, but it's being shot. Like, that would be cool to go through the special features on. Holy shit, man. Yeah, I want a whole behind-the-scenes documentary. I want, like, a, a Hearts of Darkness-style documentary, mm-hmm. but for speed. Yeah, I want to talk to every stunt person who worked on, on this. Amazing. And, like, the production coordinators. How do you actually get a bus going down this highway for all these shots? And continuity-wise, how do you not... 
pull oh your God. hair out. And like, yeah, all of LA kind of looks the same, so it's not that difficult. Sure. But, you know, different buildings and different shots, making sure all the same cars are in the shot, yeah. and all the same people. like Hitting all those, like just getting all those cars, banging into them, and I, Jesus Christ. This movie is a logistical marvel, and I am kind of in awe of it. I'm really happy we watched it because I am just blown away by how much went into making this fucking thing. If they were to do a remake and I feel like I'm manifesting no. that in the worst fucking way, I apologize if they announce that in the next in the coming weeks. My bad. You know it'll be almost all CGI and it'll just even if it's the best CGI in the world, it won't feel real. There'll be yeah. weightlessness to it all. That's the, my issue with the Fast and the Furious stuff that I've seen. I know that a lot of that they do, you know, a lot of practical stuff and whatever, but like this is real about real cars, real people. The bus has a speed limit of 70. <laughs> like, you know, the bus tops out at 70. Yeah. This isn't like, oh God, Sandy Bullock has to drift or <laughs> press the turbo whatever thing. The it's Nas. just, she has to, like driving a bus is hard enough and mm-hmm. that's good enough. That was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. The Fast and the Furious movies do a lot of great actual practical stunts and that's wonderful, but they also do a lot of real shit looking CGI. I don't remember which one it was. There's a million of them. It was like seven or eight where the bad guy programs a bunch of cars to drive out of a parking garage. And that all looked really cool because they did actual cars driving out of the garage. But then they have all these cars driving down like, I don't know, 7th Ave in New York or something. Mm. And it's clear that they're all CGI. And it just looks fake and weightless and dumb. It doesn't work at all. And, you know, to follow up this great sequence where the cars are falling out of this garage and smashing and crashing and ooh cool mm-hmm. and then to just be cgi it's like eh, well it was fun yeah and that never happens here it's all the whole time you're just like oh, oh my fuck? god how did they do that what there's a scene where a helicopter passes under the camera as it's looking down at the road there's just all these layers to that layers shot. of motion yeah yeah it's just one of dozens if not hundreds of shots that just kind of like blow you away with how well done they are Mm -hmm. so i don't know man kudos to yandabon i don't know what his deal is why he stopped making movies Uh, he's done a couple little odds and ends since uh the early 2000s but pretty quiet i don't know if the guy just retired possible there was like turmoil on the twister set supposedly supposedly And maybe he was a jerk and like, I don't want to defend Yondabon if it turns out he was a piece of shit. Right. But boy, the man knew how to shoot an action scene. Yeah. I don't know. Hats off to him for that and nothing else. So if he's a bad guy, please don't. I don't. That's this I don't isn't a full-throated endorsement of him as a person. No, just it's as okay. a director and a cinematographer. Dude knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I have like two n- sort of nitpicks. So for, this is nitpick the, corner. This is this is nitpick. Wow. (laughs) Nitpick (laughs) nae. Nitpick niche. Sure. (laughs) I don't... My first is that the the credits are bad, as we alluded to. Clearly tied to the opening elevator sequence, where we're just going down an elevator shaft, but it's bad. (laughs) It's bad CGI. The font is all wrong. Everything is at a weird angle, including the title of the movie. Like, this movie cries out for, you know, an LA morning commute credit sequence, where we hear about the traffic we hear some k-rock or something 
and and yeah, morning shock jocks and DJs and just like people shots honk, of yeah, and the gridlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of smog. You do see the smog in this movie, you which sure is do. which is I think it's being rebranded as haze now. Yeah, <laughs> it's just very weird. It doesn't it doesn't fit the actual movie. What like the main thrust of the movie is? Yeah, it's funny because obviously there's the big elevator sequence, but that is is just the first sequence. The movie yeah. is not about the elevator. So I agree. It would have made a lot more sense to just send the second unit out and get a bunch of B-roll of the highways, Very the commutes, easy. people parking their cars, getting in and driving and, you know, getting stuck in traffic. You could have a shot of somebody getting pulled over by the LAPD for speeding. Shot of traffic helicopters, mm-hmm. you know. Just the life of L.A. So it is weird because, like, this is a very L.A. movie. And yeah. that feels like that would have fit much better. I didn't remember those opening credits no, at and all that's until I why. saw them. No, and that's yeah. why. Because it, it doesn't And they go on for a long time. A really long time. The movie makes this choice of the credits appear and vanish as the floors go by yeah. in this elevator shaft. The problem is you have an entire floor going by between each credit. So it feels like it's just fucking interminable. Forever. And because it's the same thing that you like, there's no difference between the floors, like visually, you're just like, wow, I'm staring at the same. This might as well be a screensaver. Yeah, it might as well be just a black screen and with the credits in like Times New Roman and just, <laughs> just bang Might it out, sort well. of Air Force One it. So that's your first that's my nitpick first. niche. Uh, my second is that we absolutely sell past the clothes in this movie. Like the ending of this movie is the bus running into the plane and exploding. Like that's that's the end of the movie. Everyone on the bus has been saved. You know, you wrap it up with a quick like capture of Dennis Hopper, Kissy Poo with... Keanu and Sandy like and we're out in 90 yeah like that's great that's what's funny is it's a two-hour movie and for the most part that's fine two hours is fine but if you cut out that third act on the train that basically brings it down to a 90-minute movie and okay great it's great great we love that venom 2 was 90 minutes like mm-hmm. you can do it and yeah the train sequence feels like a studio note where i don't know if this is true by the way but it feels like a reshoot where the studio is like we need we need another we need more yeah this isn't enough and they're like jesus well a train i guess what's bigger than a bus a train i suppose so dennis hopper captures uh, sandra bullock and takes her on the train straps a bomb to her and keanu has to fight dennis hopper and kill him and save sandra bullock as funny as it is to say like it doesn't feel realistic in this particular movie where they jumped over a 50-foot crevasse. <laughs> it doesn't actually feel realistic. This is a kind of grounded movie. It is. It is. I will defend that. Yeah. yeah. Dennis Hopper shoots up the train's dashboard so yeah. that it can no longer operate properly and he can't get the train to stop. And Keanu's solution to that is to speed up to jump the tracks, which didn't make sense to me when I was a kid and still doesn't. And no, it turns out that weird. it just doesn't really make sense. It's very weird because the problem, so they're on the red line and is being built. is being built and there's an end of the line coming up fairly quickly. And so... He and Sandy have to get off the train, but then they can't get off the train because Sandy is handcuffed around a pole. And what's really, this is not a CinemaSins podcast, but it 
was weird to me that so Keanu is like I don't have the key to the handcuffs when he jumps on the bus sort of the beginning of the movie and handcuffs a guy to the bus so he had handcuffs which usually means you have a key maybe he lost them okay it was a busy day Busy day, a lot going on. He was under a bus several times, so I guess maybe they fell. Okay. But then it's like, you can just break, like, it's not fun to break your hand to get out of handcuffs, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. But they don't do that. They just run the train (laughs) off the track and it somehow goes up out of the subway and like lands on Hollywood Boulevard. It's very weird and it feel it genuinely is like no, the movie ended like 20 minutes ago. That is kind of where it feels like a studio note where they're just like, "All right, we need to end with a bigger bang." Like, "Okay, well, a train's bigger than a bus and what happens on the train? Well, he can't stop it. Why? I don't know. It's, he just it's can't. Broken. It's, it's fine. broken. And then it's like well, we'll jump the tracks. Oh, just like we did on the bus. That's, we'll jump the highway. It's like, but we already but did we that. we did that. So like, why are you jumping the tracks? Why not just kind of have it slowly derail as right? slowly as you can? Right. That seems like that makes a lot more sense. Interestingly, I just had this thought. Volcano also <gasps> has yeah. a, a real fumble in the third act where it's just like, wait. You're right. What? Yeah. And I wouldn't say this is quite to volcano no, levels. No, there's of no weird like we we, we solved racism, <laughs> but it does feel a little bit like you didn't need to do this, guys. Like I was already on board. I was yeah, with you. I'm so with you. I and like this. it does not ruin the movie no, by any it stretch, but it is just like we get it. They've already done all yeah. this. The whole point is Keanu needs to grow the fuck up and like be less of a loose cannon. And his whole thing at the beginning of the movie is he'll you know shoot the hostage and then he goes from shooting the hostage to like doing literally anything to save wonderful sandy bullock yeah well when the hostage is sandra bullock you want to save her obviously when it's jeff daniels it's like i mean i'll shoot him he 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 heard about the the newsroom (laughs) but keanu's arc is that he learns to do a good job without jeff daniels and he does that yeah And that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the story. His conclusion is when he realizes that Dennis Hopper is watching them through the CCTV Mm -hmm. on the bus. And he solves it without the help of Jeff Daniels, Mm -hmm. RIP. And so that's like the conclusion basically to his character. Like that's his full journey. And then... All this other shit on the train happens where he kind of goes back to his old ways of like, I'm going to speed up and and jump the track. And it's like, "Eh, no, man, no, 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 you're backsliding. Yeah. Nip, 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 nip. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. It feels a little tacked on. Next time you see your good friend Graham, maybe ask him, like, (laughs) is this a studio I I actually am curious now. If I ever run into him uh, again, I think I will ask him. Like, I'm sure he'll love that. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be (laughs) thrilled to, like, hey, why was the end of your movie not so good? (laughs) But Graham, if you're listening, it's a great fucking movie. And I wish I could write something half this goddamn good. Yeah, right. My God. There's a reason that... I rewatched this movie so much as a kid. It's just fun. It's just a good, yeah. wholesome time for the whole family. It 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 really is. Like you know, there's like some there's there's swears, but like 
you could watch this with a family. It's, Dennis Hopper gets decapitated, but you don't see any blood. You don't really see it. Yeah, yeah. it's a very, very bloodless. Yeah. Usually I'm sensitive to, to that kind of thing, and I fine. thought it was fine. It was fine. You had an interesting observation while we were watching this that this might be reputation laundering for the LAPD. Yeah, that was... So in March 1991... Rodney King had the shit beaten out of him by the LAPD. And in 1992, the verdict was handed down for the officers who beat him and they were found, you know, they were acquitted of any wrongdoing. And this came out in 94. I don't want to call it outright copaganda by any means, but there does seem to be a slight bit of reputation laundering happening here with the LAPD, who are very heroic. Dennis Hopper is not LAPD. LAPD. That piece of shit. Yeah. We all know how shitty Atlanta cops are, I guess. I've never heard anything about Atlanta PD. I'm I'm sure they have. I'm sure there's some shit. But it is is interesting that that we have, just before OJ and just after Rodney King, we we have this movie that is very like, the LAPD is great. They're so cool. Look how cool they are. Again, I'm glad it didn't go full volcano and try to solve racism. Yeah, Um, no one wants that. And as far as copaganda goes, obviously, you know, they're all LAPD and they're very heroic and that's kind of par for the course. But it at least to me didn't feel like rah, 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 like the LAPD are troops kind of thing that you get nowadays. I think because it was bomb squad, they're bomb squads. So like they are not your typical LA cop right who's going around and beating the shit out you know they're not traffic cops they're right. not they solely exist to foil guys like dennis hopper a cop a cop mm. uh which is you know okay i'll take all right. it all right um and even it is interesting like at one point sandra bullock's character is like which country did we bomb that made this happen and it's like actually it's mm. dennis hopper a white guy mm, a domestic terrorist you know and again the 90s were by no means good about racism but hey at least this movie isn't again with the no islamic terrorists like that's nice you know this in air force one at the very least yeah there's still a few years left before we went full islamophobia yeah i feel like for a movie where the main heroes are lapd the politics could have been much much worse yeah they're they're fairly absent yeah there's really not much like, and that's i'm good with that like i you know i don't necessarily don't necessarily need every movie i watch to uh adhere to some sort of yeah no i'm not saying the politics have to be no no you know politics i agree with or disagree with like i just like sometimes just a movie where some shit happens yeah that's fine and that was sort of one of those weird things about air force one for yeah. example where he gives this very interventionist speech and is the hero for it unambiguously and it's sort of like ah i don't remember that from my childhood fascinating but yeah that doesn't exist here that's just like no they're just bomb squad they stop whoever happens to be doing bombs because Mm -hmm. it's bad to set off bombs don't do bombs don't set off bombs in elevators or buses don't kidnap sandra bullock on a on the la metro rude because uh, you will derail mm-hmm. and crash onto Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow. You call up a ramp. There, there's the <laughs> there's ramp. There's the ramp. Where was the ramp Where was before? the ramp? 
We don't really have a comparison corner this week because they, like I said, still have not done a remake. Yeah, Thank and goodness. we're not going to watch Speed 2. I have seen Speed 2 once, and all the criticisms about it, from my recollection, are pretty accurate. Yeah. Keanu said no. Good for him. <laughs> I don't remember the guy they got. Uh, Sandra Bullock did come back, and what I recall is that that guy and Sandra Bullock had zero chemistry whereas Keanu and Sandra do have some real chemistry it was Jason Patrick and Willem Dafoe that's right Willem Dafoe was the bad guy right yeah yeah wait who's Jason Patrick so Speed 2 Cruise Control is got Jason Patrick from uh Lost Boys most notably as well as Sleepers and I don't know some other shit but um it's just like it's on a cruise ship and oh, for some reason I pictured a speedboat. No, that would have made a lot more sense. No. <laughs> um, so it's on a cruise ship, so they've got to like stop the cruise ship that's out of control and gonna <laughs> run into a pier, and it does, and that's it. Like mm. there's, it's a bizarre choice, kind of in every way. Like you could have put it on a plane. Uh, another train pretty much everything is scarier than a cruise ship although you won't catch me on a cruise ship well right yeah you'll get diarrhea on a cruise ship but you'll probably and and, and, and lots of other things if if you don't accidentally fall overboard you might fall overboard you might get covid and be quarantined for six weeks any number of things can happen on a cruise ship but this isn't one of them so yeah no comparison corner (laughs) no but uh you know watch speed it's great it's on, as of recording, it's on HBO Max and has been there for a while, so I feel like it'll probably stick around. Hopefully, But, you know, pick it up on Blu-ray or DVD. Why not? Right? It's a good one to just have hanging around. Yeah. You're never, you won't be upset that you own Speed. Right. It's not going to cost you that much either. No, it was like, I think it was like five bucks. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for us for Speed. Uh, next Next episode will, in fact, be the matrix we entered the matrix um so excited to continue our journey with keanu growing with him as an actor we were going to do point break but then it it, once again it disappeared from streaming so at some point we will do point break though um we will do point break i don't love it as much as speed but it's a good little movie you know and that's what this is about is just enjoying movies (laughs) that's really that's why we're here but yeah i am very excited to watch the matrix because i think i've seen that more than speed yeah obviously like turns out the matrix is good wow uh, who knew and i hope Stay the matrix tuned. 4 is good uh but that's kind of why we're doing this so make that seo play right <laughs> and then um you know we'll watch the matrix 4 maybe in a theater That'd be fun. Ooh, that would be nice. We saw Dune in a theater, and that was a great choice. Yeah, finally getting back into theater. Saw French Dispatch, which was great, and then saw Dune. We'll see The Matrix 4, uh, assuming it is good, and I hope it is. Yeah, I like it when movies are good. <laughs> That's <laughs> our hot take. When movies are good, it's good. It's good. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye.